You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. On location, I have decided that since I'm on vacation on a beach trip, and because this episode is all about Beverly Hills 90210. I would record it from the beach, which could be a great decision because maybe you hear the waves in the background and the wind and it's, it adds a great ambiance to what I'm talking about. Or maybe it completely sucks and it's annoying and it's awful. And this episode you deleted right out of the gate. But I was going to talk about 90210 today and do a couple of things. First of all, what made this television show, in my opinion, and I know I may be in the minority on this, one of the greatest television shows of all time, and the brand new, I don't even know what you call it, it's not a reboot, because it's not rebooting, it's not really a, a, a continuation, because it's not a continuation, it was more a very creative way of bringing back most of the original cast of 90210, and as far as I can tell, outside of Luke Perry, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year, they got everybody back, they were all on it. So I will discuss my thoughts on what I think of the first two episodes of this show, but to 90210 itself, I've been giving it a lot of thought because ever since the, what are we calling it, the reboot, the remake, the the new show, we'll just call it the new show, well they're calling it BH90210, so ever since the launch of BH90210, I have found myself going on Hulu and watching old episodes, and what's, what's interesting about my love for 90210 is that if you do the math on this thing, I was born in 1983, the show launched in 1990. I was not watching it right out of the gate as a seven-year-old. If memory serves correct, my love for 90210 began this way, and I think it began probably in about 1992, right around season two, season three, uh, as Dylan and Kelly were hooking up, you know, as that affair, even though technically it wasn't an affair, an affair because remember, they broke up. Brenda said to Dylan, you can see whoever you want. He decides to see her best friend. He didn't, she didn't specify, you can't see my best friend, but whatever. So I remember starting to watch it right around then with my sister. I wanted to be like her. My sister's three years older than me. She loved the show. I started to kind of get into it. And obviously, I didn't understand all the references. Um, I, I, I knew the idea of, you know, boys and girls hooking up, but... I'm sure there were a lot of things that went over my head. So I kind of picked it up in season two and three and continued for the next four years. But then I actually stopped watching it, I would say, season seven. But what really made 90210 my favorite show was the second-run versions of it on FX, which occurred in the early part of the 2000s after the show was off the air. So kind of like All in the Family, which is one of my other favorite TV shows of all time. I never saw it live, obviously. The show was on before I was ever my love for it, my weird knowledge for it, because I do have a weird memory of basically everything that happened on that show, because I think I've seen every episode twice or maybe three times, really came 
from FX. Came from FX repeating it and came from me now finding an interest into seeing what happened with all of these characters and how did it all begin. What I also find sort of intriguing, and I'm about to equate 90210 with professional wrestling, so hear me out. I have said that if you go back and watch WrestleMania 1, the matches just don't stand up. You know, it's really, it's not a great product in 1987 and 1988. When I went back and watched the first season of 90210, which I did probably 11 or 12 years after it happened, because again, think about it. If I pick it up in year three or year two, and then I watch it through year seven, and then I go back and end up watching everything from the beginning, it, it happened 13, 14 years after it initially aired. So that first season of 90210, when I watched it, and let's say I think it was 2003 or 2004, whenever it was, and it may have been before that because I think they started doing the reruns before the show was ever off the air. I kind of vaguely remember being sick from school for two or three days, and I just binged 90210. And I'm not sure how, because it was in the time before DVR and the time before Hulu, but there must have been some kind of FX marathon to where I was binging the crap out of 90210. But if you go back and watch that first season, it sucks. It's not any good. First of all, there's no continuous storyline. See, what I think I ended up loving about the show is that you get invested in all of the characters. So you start to care about Steve and Donna and David and Brandon and what's going to happen in their lives. And that first season, everything was very standalone. And what's also kind of funny to think about is how many TV shows... And I know Friends had a very long run. They lasted 10 years. Frasier had a very long run. Cheers had a very long run. But for the most part, those long-running shows' premise remained the same. Characters may have evolved, but the premise of the show pretty much remained the same. Think about the beginning of 90210, that pilot, and really the first two or three seasons of the show. It was about a brother and sister moving from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Beverly Hills, California and adjusting to high school and adjusting to, you know, basically living in a completely different environment than when they grew up. That was the premise. And we all either loved Brenda, hated Brenda, liked Brandon, hated Brandon, that you saw their interactions with their friends. That was the show. By year three or four, Brenda's basically, you know, she's cuckoo. She's out after year four after the freshman year of college. And so by season five, we're not even halfway through the, the origin of the show. It's not about a brother and sister moving from Minneapolis to California. And then early in season nine, Brandon's gone. So by the time the show completely ends, the two main characters, and I know that everyone eventually became main characters, but the two main main characters, the way the show began, completely gone. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the show was great season 8, 9, and 10 when they're introducing you know, Noah and Matt Durning and you know, whoever else they added. They had a lot of characters. And then they disappeared and then they came back or they finished it out like a, a Noah character who was actually there for three years when you do the math on him. But the whole premise of the show was about something that was completely out the window by, and I'd even argue it was out the window by season 2 or 3 because I think by that point they realized, hey, people care about Kelly. People care about David and Donna, you know. When's Donna finally going to lose her virginity? I mean, think about it. That was a huge, monstrous storyline. And looking back on it, it's kind of funny to think about it. 
that here we are watching the storyline of a girl and when she's going to lose her virginity. But, hey, remember, I forget what season it ended. Season six, maybe, when they did it. That was like the biggest thing in the world. They made a whole big deal out of it. They had to try to make it as uh, tasteful as possible. And then after that, Donna was hooking up with everybody. So, you know, she went from, I'm saving it till uh, I get married. To, All right, you know what? David's my long lost love. Oh, wait a second. David cheated on me. Okay, now I'm into 15 other guys. But I digress. So that, that to me is crazy how the show was able to continue when the premise completely changed. Now, the character thing, to me, when I look at Friends, one of the most impressive things about the 10-year run Friends had, and you can say what you want about how maybe some of the storylines got dumb in season 8 or 9 with that show, they kept everybody. And I think that was almost a secret to its success. And I often wonder what 90210 would have looked like if they were able to maintain everybody. Because remember, they lose Brenda after season four. They lose Dylan early part of season six with his whole marriage and his wife being shot. They eventually lose Brandon, who I thought was the key to the whole show. And the characters they always brought in, they were okay. Okay, now some of them were better than others. And if I had to sit here right now and tell you the best character they brought in, and I think there's a blowout. I think anybody's still listening to this podcast because they care about 90210 and aren't annoyed by the fact that I'm right by a beach in honor of 90210, they would agree it's Valerie Malone. Period. End of story. First of all, we all had a connection with her because she's Kelly Kapowski. So right off the top, that was a big plus that she had. This is Kelly Kapowski coming in. This isn't some random woman we've never heard of. Number two. Some of her storylines were tremendous. I mean, she comes in and she's just going to try to screw up Kelly. She's, let me help Dylan become more of a drug addict. You know, she was just cutting edge. Now, at the end, was it a little stupid that it was revealed that she killed her father and that the father wasn't a suicide? Okay, maybe. Maybe a little over the top. Maybe a little crazy. But I think she was by far, not even close, not even close, the most interesting new character they added. Now, close second was Claire, all right? I like Claire. She was pretty good. And she was introduced when she was just in love with Brandon. And that was, I think, at the end of season four when Brandon was, you know, kind of with Kelly, but also, you know, with the uh, older woman, Lucinda Nicholson. (laughs) See, I'm telling you, I remember a lot of weird stuff. But she came in and she was a pretty good character. Uh, I liked her relationship with Steve. I thought they should have ended up together. No offense to Janet. But I like the Claire-Steve dynamic. But outside of that, a lot of the characters they added really, really sucked. Noah was a Dylan ripoff, okay? Matt was a Brandon ripoff. You ever ever feel that way about those characters? If you hung in at the end, because Matt wasn't introduced until season nine. Noah came in from Hawaii, I think, at the end or the beginning of, the end of seven, beginning of eight. They were ripoffs of those characters. So... Most of the characters they added, quite frankly, sucked. Well, what would have 90210 looked like if Brenda, Shannon Doherty wasn't nuts and didn't leave? I am kind of fascinated. It probably wouldn't have gone well because I think that the show actually benefited in a weird way from Shannon Doherty leaving and her being replaced by Valerie. Now, if you just would have added Valerie and you just had another character just added, you know, maybe it would have worked too. But I think that the Brenda-Valerie swap was one of the very few changes that actually made sense, that actually worked. A uh, couple of other things before I talk about the new show. Underrated aspect. 
And they don't do it on every episode, but on a lot of episodes. One thing I loved, people are walking by me, so I have to kind of talk more casually because it looks like I'm crazy. I'm holding this iPad, talking into it about 90210. So I should just make believe I'm FaceTiming a relative. Uh, let me do that. Hey, Stacy. That's my sister. How's it going? Yeah, Florida's good. Great. Yeah, just walking on the beach. It's beautiful out. I'm in North Carolina. Yep. Gonna do a podcast about 90210. All right, I think they walked past me. I'm gonna walk closer to the ocean, see if uh, that sound helps a little bit. But I always loved, at the beginning of every episode, most episodes, they would give you a 45-second Let Me Show You Beverly Hills with some kind of new song that they're almost, I don't know if they're debuting it, I'm, I'm that, I have that lack of knowledge about music, but some kind of cool song while giving you a 45 second view of either the beach or Rodeo Drive or just something. I like that. Go back on Hulu. If you have Hulu, go back and watch random episodes and just watch the first 30 seconds. I always love that crap. Because the music was usually good. And you know, they're, they're giving you in the feel. They're getting you in the feel for 90210. And by the way, as I stand here at the beach, the more I think about it, how many great episodes occurred at the beach? Dylan and Kelly hooking up for the first time at the beach. David almost cheating on Donna season two at the beach. Brandon and Steve getting some kind of house. Um, oh God, some guy just biked by me. It looks like he, he heard what I was saying and thinks I'm crazy. Okay, I'm gonna walk up uh, further away from the ocean. It's starting to get busy now. I'm recording this in the morning, but now it's starting to get you know to the part of the morning where people are around. So you had that, you had, oh, oh remember uh, Jim? That, of course, is Brandon and Brenda's father. Noticing that Brenda and Dylan were forbidden from seeing each other make it out in the outdoor shower. That was a great scene. Or how about when Brandon proposed to Kelly on the boardwalk of that beach apartment? And how I would love to go to that beach apartment that they got. Remember the beach apartment? And that's the other thing. Think about all the homes that multiple people eventually lived in. So let's start with Casa del Walsh, all right? You got Brandon, you got Brenda, you got the parents. You got Brenda moving out, you got Brenda coming back. You've got Valerie checking it. Then you got Steve living with Brandon. Then Brandon leaves and he's like, hey Steve, keep the house. Now Steve lives with Janet and now they invite Noah to live there. So that's just Casa, de, Casa del Walsh. Then you've got the, the beach apartment I was talking about. What a freaking apartment. In Beverly Hills, that thing had to have costed what, like $15,000 a month? And you got freaking people right out of high school living there? But it started as Donna David Kelly. Of course, Donna could not tell her parents that David was living there. Then Claire lived there. Then who else lived there? Oh, Gina. Remember Gina Kincaid? I didn't like that character at all. I didn't like I'll tell you why I didn't like it. And no offense to Gina or the actress Vanessa Marcel. It felt like a Valerie ripoff. Like right out of the gate, she's doing crazy stuff to screw with Donna. We'd already seen that. And I I guess that's the problem when you have a show that tries to last for 10 years. You start to repeat the same crap over and over again. Like, how many people had drug problems? David had a drug problem. Dylan had a drug problem. Donna had, was it pain medication or was it, I forget what it was. Kelly had some. Everybody had a freaking drug problem. Brandon had the gambling problem. I think think that made him cool. (laughs) I'm, I'm being honest. When I was a kid, he was sports gambling. He was getting in trouble with Duke. I don't know, I just, I liked Brandon. Brandon was my guy. 
because I looked at Brandon and said as a 10-year-old, I want to be that guy. A good-looking guy. All the women like him. He's good at sports. He's smart. Who doesn't want to be B. Walsh? Who doesn't want to be Brandon? Now, I did not turn out to be Brandon. I don't know who the hell I turned out to be. And I don't know if this is true, okay? Because as the show went on and we moved into the later 90s, you saw that they were taking on different issues. So, for example, remember when Steve Sanders' mom revealed that she was uh, gay? That was a big storyline. Steve, at first, was not happy about it. She got fired from her job. Ridiculous stuff. I had read a rumor once. I don't know if it's true, but I'll spread it. Why the hell not? That they were thinking about actually David Silver coming out of the closet and being gay. And they opted not to do it, and obviously David and Donna ended up together, which I thought was a complete rush job at the end. It's almost like they knew, okay, show's over. We got to end this on a high note. Oh, I got an idea. David and Donna, hook up, get back together, and Noah's totally cool with it. The other thing was Dylan's return. Let's address this, because when Brandon left, the idea that Dylan was coming back was very, very cool. It, It was interesting. And the problem I had is how they approached the Dylan return character. Okay, number one, instantly, within five episodes, guy's got a major drug problem again. Like, right out of the gate, Dylan's doing crack. I mean, come on. What are we doing? And by the way, in his first episode back, or second episode back, guy's drinking. Didn't he have a drinking problem? All of a sudden, no one's making a big deal out of it, that Dylan's just sitting there drinking alcohol? Guy had a drinking problem. Number two, the father story. So, when Dylan's father was killed, it was a very dramatic, very healing, very sad story, and they had a big arc to it, you know, eventually he gets married to the killer's daughter, the the daughter gets killed, I mean, real crazy, crazy crap, but okay, fine, it happened. For Dylan to come back and for them to reveal the father never died, that, that to me was completely over the top, completely over the top, I mean, I know that other stuff sounds like it's over the top, and maybe Kelly, when she joined the cult, was over the top, and maybe when Donna was uh, on television, the campus television station got hijacked. Maybe that was over the top. But this one to me, (laughs) boy, when you say all this crap out loud, it's funny. That's over the top. And so the Dylan return sucked. They could have done a lot more with that. It was terrible. And here's the other issue I have. And it's so easy to look back on this and see the issue. I remember all this crap about the show, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Maybe the only one who cares, but there's a lot of other 90210 fans out there, right, who know a lot of these intricacies. How do you, if you are the director, the creator, the writer, screw up consistencies? And here's my example of it. When Brandon's leaving, all right, it is early season nine. Brandon is standing outside of the shop that Kelly and Donna own. Go back and watch this. And he tells this dramatic story about just a kid from Minneapolis moved to California. I trip. Donna helps me up, and she calls me Greg Luganis for the rest of the day. What the hell are you talking about, dude? That didn't happen. We watched the show. You're just making up a complete story, and you never mentioned that you moved here with your freaking sister, and the only reason you were friends with Donna and Kelly and eventually David was because of Brenda. I understand, and Shannon Doherty's crazy, and she left the show four years earlier, but as you get older in life, four years isn't that much time. Eight years isn't that much time. 
So talking about your first day at West Beverly High and make it up a complete BS story? Come on. Are we all stupid? Are we all dumb? We know that story didn't happen. And I just don't understand how they let that crap occur. I mean, I'm watching the repeats. You don't even have to make up a story. Just say it's dramatic. I'm leaving. I'm going to miss y'all. I hated that. And that happened a few times throughout the history of the show where there was some kind of annoying inconsistency that everybody would notice. That one jumped out at me the worst because I think we all remember Brandon and Brenda moving here and kind of that first episode where Brandon hooks up with the woman in the hot tub and the next day everybody knows about it and it's this big scandal. Come on now. All right, my favorite couple would probably be Brandon and Kelly. They were meant to be. My least favorite couple, I would say, would be Valerie and David. What the hell's the point? Well, what's the point of those two? I mean, were they just thinking, let's put everyone we can together? I understand that when you have a group of friends, sometimes people are going to hook up, and then they're going to be okay that they remain friends with their ex-boyfriend, but it happened all the time. Way too much. Way too much. Uh, I didn't like Ray Pruitt. And the, the idea that they... And I had read this off the air or off the um, behind the scenes or on the internet, and hopefully it's true, that, you know, Ray Pruitt, Jamie Walters, was a performer. They want him to be on the show a long time. And they were blindsided that when they made him a, a beater, right, when he threw Donna down the stairs, they were surprised that they couldn't rehab his image enough to keep him on the show. That was a surprise. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> he threw Donna Martin down the down the stairs and you're surprised that four episodes later we're not forgiving him are you kidding me but then again remember when noah and Va valerie accused noah of i think it was rape but it was really noah's brother that drugged valerie remember that one and let me get to you the maybe the greatest sequence or episode in 90210 history because i've been thinking about it someone asked me in the mailbag episode the most important 90210 episode I'm going to give you probably pound for pound the best and most memorable 90210 episode, and that is simply this phrase, Donna Martin graduate. It's got to be it. Donna Martin graduate, the protest. And be honest with me, was there never a time growing up in high school where you wanted to protest and walk out the way everyone did at West Beverly High for Donna Martin? You know you did. It was an inspirational episode. It was a great episode. Now let me get to the new show, BH90210. I went into this, and I think this is a really good way to watch movies and sometimes TV shows when you have no idea what it's about. Now you go to a movie and maybe your wife, your girlfriend, or your husband, or your boyfriend, whoever drags you there, and you have absolutely no idea what it's about. You sit down and you're like, hey, open mind, let's see what's going on. That's how I felt about this. When I had heard that there was gonna be some kind of 90210 reunion, I tried to ignore it because I remember the TV show, the 90210 TV show that launched in 2006 that, you know, featured Kelly and eventually Brenda and Donna, and they made a lot of references to what happened in their lives post the show ending. And then eventually the show went completely away from those characters. It was really about the newer characters that they created. And it wasn't good. I watched it because I'm a loser, but it wasn't very good. So when I heard there was going to be some kind of remake or remix or reboot or whatever the hell it was, I honestly didn't know. So the day of, when I sat down 
and said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Long time 90210 fan, geeky 90210 fan. I have to give it a try. I, I got to tell you, the first five minutes freaked me out. When they start off in the peach pit <laughs> and, they, and they imply that Brandon and Kelly are still together and they bought the place and Don and David are doing whatever, it freaked me out. And then, of course, they reveal it's a dream and they set up this show, which is a very creative way of bringing the cast back together. I have to admit, we're only two episodes in. I've only seen two episodes. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'll definitely be in for episode three. But I kind of hearken back to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm pulled off a Seinfeld reunion. And the way they did it, obviously, if you watch the show, is it was about Larry trying to put together a Seinfeld reunion. So Jerry was on it. Uh, all the characters came back. Kramer was on it. And that's how they did the reunion. It was a very creative way to have a Seinfeld reunion without having a Seinfeld reunion. And the truth is, that's the same thing. They are giving you, outside of Luke, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year, incredibly sad, they are giving you a 90210 reunion. And they're doing it by making them the real characters, kind of like the Curb Seinfeld thing, taking their real lives and twisting it a little bit. Uh, bringing back, so far, bringing back characters like Emily Valentine as, I guess, her as an actress, but now being a director of the new reboot that they're planning on doing. So it's, it's weird. There's no doubt it's weird. But it's very creative. And I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you I'm going to love it. I can't tell you I'm going to be locked in for the next two years if it continued. But right now, I'm, I'm in. Right now, I'm in. Right now, two episodes in, I would tell you, it's weird, it's funny, it's a funnier show than the original 90210, I'd almost phrase this as sort of a comedy. They, they've got interesting storylines, you know, Andrea, or I should say Gabrielle Carteres is flirting around with her uh, sexuality. I, I thought it was hilarious how much Ginny Garth hates Jason Priestley. Whether true or not, it doesn't matter, and that's the other thing, I found myself Googling everything during the show to find out what truth is this based on. You know, like Brian Austin Green, I know was married to that famous actress. So is that, is, she, is he now married to a musician who's, by, by the way, played by Lala Anthony Vasquez? I think that's her name, Lala Vasquez, I, I forget. So I did find myself Googling everything just to see what's accurate. You know, does Jason Priestley not have kids? <laughs> and I kind of like the way Shannon Doherty is the outcast, which apparently she was on the set anyway. And what they're going to do with her and what they're going to do with the show. I mean, they're, they're setting up crazy storylines with the stalkers and whatnot. But I, I got to hand it to them. In an era in which we are seeing a lot of returns, reboots or continuations, the willing graces of the world. Roseanne was obviously brought back, even though now it's just the Connors. I, I do think this is a creative way to bring the show back. I'm not sure how much interest there's going to be in it going forward because... You really got to hit my demographic, right? I mean, if you're younger than me, unless you watched it in repeats, which is certainly possible, I don't know how many people are that invested in the show and care that much or are going to be intrigued by the storyline of the real characters working on a reboot. But I, I have to admit, I kind of like it. I was freaked out at first. It was bizarre. It was weird. But I sort of kind of liked it. And I'm intrigued about what they're going to do next. I'll tell you what I'm doing next. Next week, 
Uh, we'll be dropping the Fantasy Football Preview Podcast. It will not be broadcasted on a beach. It'll actually be in a studio. We'll have our NFL Predictions Podcast, which I look forward to. And, of course, instant reactions to random Mets games as they occur. Speaking of the Mets, I'm recording this uh, after they won the opener against the Cleveland Indians, taking advantage of the Oscar Mercado, Mercado drop fly ball in left field. Tremendous win by the Mets. I watched the game on the beach. I'm very spoiled right now. I'm watching all these games. on. I'm doing everything on the beach right now. Do the podcast on the beach, watching the Mets game on the beach. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Though I do kind of miss being at City Field. I'll be back on the air Monday at 10 a.m. I hope you enjoyed this. You can hear the waves, the wind blowing in my face podcast concerning Beverly Hills 90210. Thanks for listening. Goodbye now.